You're listening to episode 43. Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finish. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it, and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really, I am the number one student. So Get ready for amazing coaching tips, family, to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Generals Podcast, where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Davis Mutabo here, your host. Super excited to bring you today's feature guest, Mr. Zvi Band. Zvi, are you ready to share your entrepreneurial story? Davis, I'm incredibly thankful for having me on your podcast today. I, I'm all yours. I hope this is valuable for the audience. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Zvi is a software developer and an entrepreneur. He is the CEO and co-founder of Contactually, which is a software service that gives you everything you need to easily organize and stay in touch with the most important people in your network. So very excited to dig more into your story, V. Um, Firstly, welcome to the show. Uh, But before we dive in, maybe just take 30 seconds to tell us who is V outside of business. Yeah, um, so V is a software developer by trade. Um, I used to be pretty introverted, but as you can tell, I'm pretty outgoing. Um, I, I would say I'm a builder at a core. Um, I was the kind of kid that, you know, very early days, um, I played with Legos. I had a dream, and I still once in a while think about being an architect. I've always loved creating and the act of creation. Um, I have a four-month-old daughter. Um, that's another exciting thing about me. Um, but, yeah, I think at the core, like, my passion has always been in the, in the act of creation. Okay, that's great. So if we switch to business a little bit, what um, what do your core revenue streams look like today? Yeah, so um, the I mean the so all my attention is focused on contactually, and contactually um, around you know we're pretty much exclusively a SaaS business, which means people pay us anywhere from sixty to one hundred twenty dollars per seat per month to use our product. And and how's that? How's the business doing? Are you I think you've said somewhere, you know, you've done, you've got um, 60 employees and um, you've generated millions of dollars so far. Is that still um, traveling along, growing? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, uh, if you, if any of you read Jason Lemkin, who, uh, you know, Jason Lemkin's blog, um, we're kind of in the, in that period of time where you go from like one to um 10 million in revenue. And uh, so that's been, it's been an exciting, exciting venture. Let's step back a little bit. How did the journey start for you um, as an entrepreneur? Straight out of corporate, straight out of uni, or did it start later on in life? Yeah, um, so 
it's funny, you know, I, I would say I was always entrepreneurial very early on. I had a big passion in in kind of creating my own apps and exploring my exploring different ideas. And I think it's guided by my parents. My parents, you know, were both kind of, you know, entrepreneurial in their in their own ways. Um, but no, my, my first job out of college, I, uh, I was kind of funneled to work for a large government consulting firm because that's what I thought everyone did you you just go you graduate and you go work for a big software company that's what you do it wasn't really until that first day um, at, first day at a big government consulting firm that I kind of realized like wow this isn't what I wanted to do um, and so it took me like 18 months to finally kind of you know, get up both uh, the funds and kind of the, the wherewithal to uh, to quit and jump up on my own um, I became CTO first of a small little design shop then I I became CTO of an enterprise software company that was really that was acquired back in 2009, and that was kind of a great, great learning experience. Um, and then, uh, and then, kind of led on to uh, starting Contactually. So that's been um, a couple of interesting gigs there. And so you realized you weren't cut out for for the corporate, I guess, environment, especially government consulting. So was the startup world um, a deliberate choice for you to move into so you could learn? Yeah, so the way I saw it is I really wanted to be in control of my own destiny. Um, That was really important, coupled with the fact of I the pace of a, let's call it like a full-time day job was a little bit too slow for me. You know, I was around really great, really smart people, but for them, what they did, it was their job. It was just what they did during the day and they go home and do whatever. And they said, I love going home and not thinking about it. And I'm someone who I think is just, I don't see for me, work-life balance. I want to love what I do so much that I don't see the difference between work and life. I just am, I just throw everything I have into everything I do. And so I, that's That was really what led me to realize like, wow, no, my passion is in starting my, in starting my own company um, and running my own. And obviously that's kind of what had the interest in like, Oh, well there's this whole idea of a startup, which is people starting their own companies. Want you kind of investigate more in that area? Yeah. So how did the idea of Contactually come about? Yeah, so before Contactually, I, I, like I said, I was CTO of a small design shop um, that was, a, or was of a, a software, of a, sorry, of a consulting firm that was acquired back in 2009. And then I was freelancing. I was working for a lot of really great brands because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. And what I saw, and this is what's so applicable to every entrepreneur and everyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, the relationships that I built and the people that knew me, that ended up being the absolute best asset that I had. I was able to work with amazing brands like Ford and CBS and Volkswagen and the New York Stock Exchange and others, primarily because people knew me. And I said, this is really powerful and this is amazing. But at the same time, we as human beings we suck at it. You know, you meet someone for coffee and then two weeks later you forget who they are. Um, you know, if you were to try and write down everyone you knew, you'd probably stop at around a hundred, 150 names, 
because it's really hard to remember all the people you know. Our, our brains just aren't built for it. And so I said, well, wouldn't it be great if there was software that would help us build and maintain these key relationships that would help us market ourselves, aka relationship marketing, to our, to our key people? And so I started building the prototype in uh, 2011, um, just thinking like, hey, this would be cool. This would help my business. And then, uh, you know, I started sharing with others and uh, the rest is history. And so it's like a, it helps you get prompted. You, I think I've, I've watched um, a video on how it kind of works. So if we just walk through somebody who's listening to this and they're interested in it. So give us a bit of a visual of how it works. Yeah, so the the customers who we serve are people who can directly tie their ability to build and maintain relationships with their professional success. So, for example, a real estate agent needs to stay in touch with all of the people they know because their sphere um, and the leads they get in and people they're introduced to, that's their best source of business. Or someone who, you know, a CEO who has to stay in touch with investors or journalists or potential hires, you know, staying in touch with those people are important. So anyone who can directly tie their ability to build and maintain relationships with a long-term success, you know, lawyers, real estate agents, financial advisors, consultants, entrepreneurs, investors, um, those are the best users that we have because they know every day a big part of their job long-term has to be staying in touch with the right people. That's pretty clever. So, so it's scraping information from their social media accounts as well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so we, so we, do, we do from everything. Mm-hmm. And do you integrate, so I'm assuming you do my, like my LinkedIn conversations with my, uh, my, my, peop- my customers and stuff? It, we pull from whatever's possible. So uh, LinkedIn, unfortunately, the the dirty secret with LinkedIn is that um, you don't really own the data. LinkedIn does, and so LinkedIn doesn't let you um, kind of you export the information or sync it. Um, same with Facebook versus email. You anyone can see. You know, anyone can like plug into an email server and see email conversations. So uh, yeah, that's kind of how it works. Very good. Now. Early on when you were, you know, you had this idea, I think you've mentioned um, in some of your notes that um, you had it as an Evernote idea, some of probably on your computer, on your, on your iPad typed out or something. Um, how did you kind of go about executing on it? And, and was there any moments of doubt in the beginning? Yeah, I mean, there was a ton. Of, there were incredible moments of doubt. I mean, even nowadays, there's still doubt to some extent, right? You know, even though we're a multi-million dollar business, there's still always that question of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say early on, you know, we had a prototype and we... You know, we, I would show the prototype to people I knew. And initially, like, you know, when you show prototypes to friends or to family members or potential customers, you know, they may like you. So they like, they say, oh, well, I don't really like this. I, I actually hate this, but I, I like you. Let me tell you about a problem I have that's similar. And that's the kind of stuff that you want to capture. So, for example, our product works very different now than it did five years ago when we first started the company. Um, And it's because we had these conversations. So we had a lot of these customer development conversations where, you know, we get up, we we get on the phone with someone and say, yeah, I like like 50% of what you have. I hate 50% of what you have. Um, Let me tell you what I need. And that would kind of help us kind of go back to the drawing board and say, oh, cool. Okay, let's change the product a little bit. 
let's iterate from there. And we kind of kept doing that over and over again. And we started seeing like that people were, weren't just kind of coming in, poking around and giving us feedback. They were coming in and continuing to use it. And we're like, all right, this is interesting. Um, that's when we started seeing, okay, great. We can now invest a little more time into it and go from there. Um, and, but yeah, those early days, you know, especially when it's a prototype, when I was bootstrapping it, you know, we all, you know, myself, and my two co-founders, we all had jobs otherwise. So this wasn't a full-time thing. So at any point, any of us could have just simply said, Hey, I'm not going to work on this today. And, you know, Kentucky would have been dead. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And how did you find your first paying customers? Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. I, uh, our first pay, our, I, I truly believe like anything, you know, it's not like you just kind of turn on, you know, money, turn on your credit card process or at some point and money just kind of starts rolling in or, um, so what we did very, very early on is we always knew that this is a product that we wanted people to pay for. And I think that's something that I push very heavily that if this is something that you believe people should pay for from very early on, you should start building towards that. So before we had the ability to collect credit cards, we tricked people and we told people, hey, we're going to charge you at some point. Please go here and tell us what price point you're willing to pay. So we had like a $15 a month plan, $20 a month plan, $25 a month plan. So we had these different plans. Um, and we put those in front of people and said, Hey, this is what we're going, like, this is what we're, this is what we're going, um, this is what you're going to pay. And obviously a lot of people said, Hey, no, I'm never going to pay anything like this. But a lot of people did. And that's great. And so we started kind of learning more and more. Okay, good. People will pay $20 a month for this feature, but they're not going to pay $25 a month for this feature. Okay, great. Um, and that kind of kept folding to learning. So by the time we actually finally built out the ability to accept credit cards it was a very seamless transition because these people were already willing to pay for the product and that was a key tactic that we employed so essentially so you had i don't know 10 or 20 people in the in the um, that were using the product for free while you were in beta mode. Exactly. And they basically kind of like, it went from this being a totally free product, a totally free like early stage prototype to it being a beta product to it being a premium beta product that you had to pay for, but you weren't for a certain period of time. And then we basically kind of ended that period of time and switched to a paid product. And that was very seamless. And uh, so, yeah, like the the first people to pay to pay us were people who I didn't know. They were people who you know, were just kind of you know, early testers of the product. And where did these come from initially? You know, it, customer acquisition came from all sorts of different places. Um, obviously, the first one, you know, came from friends and family, so people I knew. Uh, we spent a lot of time, like, researching searching who is talking about CRM or relationships on Quora. So we, we went on to the, the Q&A site, Quora.com, and we said, all right, who's talking about CRM or who's talking about networking? Um, we'd show them the demo, and as I mentioned before, we'd get feedback from them. So we actually got a like, fair number of users. And then uh, before we even had the ability to process credit cards, we tried getting press for the product. So we got posted in TechCrunch and a number of other places. And that was helpful, kind of getting the first like few hundred or so. Um, and then obviously those people 
would refer others. Um, and then we kind of started growing from there. We got involved in Twitter and we started blogging and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Now, of course, you know, we get like thousands of leads a month and we kind of spend a lot of time, um, kind of going, um, kind of doing things like that. But yeah, that's been, um, it just started off from like, you know, people we knew and Quora and just kind of talking to experts. So, um, what, what's your growth or marketing strategy right now? Yeah, so um, we're a um, we're a inside sales SaaS model, which means that our business is all around getting people to come to our website, um, converting a certain percent of them to sign up for a trial. We'll give people a fourteen day trial totally for free, and then within that fourteen day trial, the hope is at the end, then they'll upgrade to uh, upgrade to a paid plan. Um, and so we have various tactics. We'll send them marketing emails telling them about some of the cool features. We will jump on the phone with them and, uh, and kind of and help, the, and help, them, help them out more. Um, so those are some of the things that we've been able to do that have been uh, highly helpful. But yeah, it's, uh, our, our business has always been around getting people interested in the product, um, getting them to trial, and then, and then converting them to a customer. Mm-hmm. And how are you generating your traffic? Pay paid ads or Yeah, so um like any like any kind of good marketing strategy, it results it, it's a basket of different tools and features. Um, so meaning that, uh, we have, we do paid ads on like Facebook and Bing and Google. Uh, we do, we have content marketing, so we produce a lot of high quality content. Uh, we do webinars a lot. So we'll give like kind of informational webinars. Um, in general, our attitude is like, we want to provide value first. Like we want to demonstrate value to customer to potential customers, like give them a free e book or um, do a webinar with them where we're not talking about our product. We're talking about some of the ideas behind our product or specific tools and tactics. And from there, people say, oh, cool. That's interesting. You know, the, the brand can actually obviously has some weight with me. I'm interested in checking out the product and they kind of go from there. Um, but we, uh, you know, one of our key, one of our key points is we are always experimenting with new methods of customer acquisition. Um, has there been a low moment for you so far in the last five years that you can share one of the worst that you felt maybe this was going to be the end? You know, I don't think there was ever a breakthrough moment with Contactually. I, it's been a series of small little ones. Um, like we just had one when we launched a new pricing point um, a, couple, a couple weeks ago. But it's been a series of kind of grinds, and I I I, I hesitate for any empl- for any startup founder to look through the breakthrough moment. Instead, it's been a kind of a gentle slide upwards. You know, for example, we started off. You know, no one cared about Contactually. No one no one believed in the idea. We had people telling us we were going to fail. Now, of course, we've got thousands of customers and investors and things like that. I don't think there's any one lightning moment. You know, obviously yes. Like when we raise rounds of capital, we've raised eight million or $12 million so far. Yes, when we, you know, when we close that, those rounds of funding, yes, of course, there, there's a specific point of like, oh my God, we're going to be successful. Um, but there's no, there's no breakthrough moment. It's just been a, a grind of just constantly iterating and finding something new and finding new tactics and tools. Um, 
Has there been a low moment for you so far in the last five years that you can share? One of the worst that you felt maybe this was going to be the end? Especially fundraising very early on. Um, fundraising is a, is a very hard and grueling process where you are facing nothing but rejection, right? You know, I must have pitched, you know, we've raised obviously from now, you know, um, 20 or 30 investors over the entire course of the company, but I've probably pitched like four or 500, no joke. Um, and so most of them obviously have said no. Um, but obviously in hindsight, it doesn't matter how many people said no, as long as the right number of people said yes. But yeah, I remember like, I, I, I remember specific points when we were fundraising when I was like, oh my God, the business may not make it through this. We may, we may not survive because it was just such a hard and grueling and terrible experience. Um, so yeah, I, I, I absolutely. I've, uh, I've seen those times. I remember one time, this is back in 2011 when we were raising our very first round of capital. I remember I got three rejections from, uh, angels in a day, like back to back to back. And I remember sitting on my couch, completely catatonic going like, Oh my God, this is it. I'm a failure. And I, I, I made the mistake of connecting the potential of failure in the company with failure in me as a person. And that's something I highly recommend as quick as possible. You try and separate. Do you feel like if you hadn't raised the capital, you would still be around? Um, you know, that's, it's a good question. I, we were bootstrapping the business and yes, if we had started off saying we are going to bootstrap the business and we are going to self-fund it, would we have been around today? Yes, absolutely. I think we went in with this mindset, which I probably would, you know, next time around, I probably won't go, that we felt like we needed fundraising as permission to start the business, as permission to focus solely on this business. Um, so I probably would have done it differently. And I, I hesitate to, to I, I'm, I, push entrepreneurs to not think about fundraising as a gateway, but fundraising as um, fuel on the fire. Um, Svi, how do you rank the following, if at all? Um, give me a quick snapshot of this. Faith, fun, family, finances, friendships. Oh, man. Okay. Um, so I'd probably go... Um, you know, fa- uh, I would probably go family first, um, especially with a new, uh, especially with a new daughter. Um, family, friendships finances, faith, fun. Um, Now, give me a quick look into what a day in your life looked like when you started contractually five years ago versus how a day in your life looks like today. Yeah, I mean, so uh, when I first started the business, um, I was probably spending half my time coding, like building, actually building the product and half my time talking to prospective customers. Um, Now I probably spend, uh, my day is a complete mix of everything. I'm doing everything from um, customer customer discovery calls to fundraising meetings to putting out fires to big pitch meetings to interviews um, my general job nowadays is to make sure that we're hiring the best team and to make sure that they do everything they can to be successful um, so I, I do a mix of everything my, my calendar is an absolute mess mm. so no more coding for you right I uh, no, just for fun still just for fun <laughs> uh, great do you invest in mentors? Um, if yes, why? And who are some of those for you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so yes, 
Um, I do. Um, I don't believe in dedicated mentors. Like I've worked with a coach before and that's been really helpful. And I, I had an amazing coach. Um, I don't believe in looking at individual mentors and saying, and latching onto you and saying, Hey, I want to. Instead, I believe in finding like a series of mentors that you can pull from and pull little bits and pieces. So one of my investors, David Steinberg, or, um, one of my, uh, one of our early advisors, Patrick Ewers. Um, so we've put, I, pulled different things from them. I've never really been successful finding one person or really believed in finding one person and latching onto them. Um, tell me about your uh, podcast and um, you know some of the other work that you're, you're, you're working on right now. Yeah, so one of my key um, tactics and one of the key things that I spend my time as CEO on is being the visionary and driving thought leadership. And so that means producing a lot of content and interviewing others and really trying to push the whole thesis behind Contactio forward. And so the podcast that we run, um, which you can go to blog.contactio.com for, um, is called Real Relationships. Um, you can just search for Contactio on iTunes and find it. Um, and it's all about helping professionals build and maintain better relationships for their business. That's good. How long have you been running that for? Uh, it's pretty young, about three months. Okay, great. Well, congratulations on launching that. It's not always easy when you're so busy. <laughs> Thank you. What about books? What are the best two books that you have read that you think are great reads for entrepreneurs? Yeah, I'll give three. So one that I highly recommend um, and that's been a key part of the business strategy behind Contactually is uh, Jeffrey Moore's Crossing the Chasm. Um, it's key for anyone who's building a big product or has a big vision. Um, Jeffrey Moore's Crossing the Chasm has really changed it. Um, um, ben Horowitz is the hard thing about the hard things. Um, that has been really helpful, and I honestly wish I had it, had it when I was founding the company. To basically, again, when we talked about low points, I wish I had that to, to tell me, oh my God, I'm not the only person that has gone through this. Um, and then uh, Peter Thiel, zero to one. Um, that's given me some really great advice and kind of, a, it's always a good way of like, it's a lens through which you can think about your company. So that's been really helpful. Thanks for sharing that. That's great. Um, best way uh, for people to connect with you? Yeah, the best way to connect with, with me is I'm at Skivas on Twitter, S-K-E-E-V-I-S, so Skivas. Um, just find me on Twitter. That's the best way. You can honestly just Google my name, Zviband, and, uh, and you see every, all the links are about me, so you can easily find my Twitter profile. But I love communicating on Twitter. Hey, thanks for, thanks for um, coming on the show. I want to just acknowledge you for everything you're doing in the marketplace and helping people's lives. All that easier to grow their businesses with the software that you're creating, having invested, you know, the last five years of your life, just um, pushing this along and finally defining that success and really helping people along the journey. And uh, more specifically, for pouring out your words of wisdom here on the Business Generals show and um, sharing that with our community. So really grateful for that. Um, now, for my last question, um, when all is said and done, do you think about legacy? And if you do, what do you want to leave and be remembered for? And tell us why. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to answer in two ways. Um, one is kind of the external view, and then two is the internal view. Externally, I, I definitely want to be known for making a positive impact on the world um, and being someone who um, 
you know, was always who, you know, who made a lasting effect in some way. Um, that's, that's incredibly critical for me. Um, doesn't have to necessarily be through charity. Doesn't have to necessarily be through contactually, but some kind of positive view. Um, but my personal mantra, which I live by every day is I want to live with life with no regrets. And whenever I'm facing any kind of decision or fork in the road in life, I always ask myself, you know, first and foremost, if I don't do this, if I don't take this path, will I regret it? And that has been, it has guided me and has taken me some on, on some insane invent- adventures in life. Well, that's amazing. And I love that living a life of no regrets. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with me and Svi today. Um, our prayer for you is that you will get your hopes up that you are good enough to live your dreams. Remember to head on over to businessjournals.com for all the show notes. Just type in Zvi, uh, that's Z-V-I, in the search bar and the show notes will pop up with everything we talked about. And to connect with Zvi, um, at Skivis, that's Twitter, S-K-E-V-I-S. We'll link this up in the show notes and you can check out contactually.com for all the show notes um, and everything we've talked about and the podcast. Hey Zvi, thank you so much for being on the Business Journals podcast today and for sharing your story with us absolutely grateful you are a true business general thanks so much davis really appreciate your time and hopefully uh, your audience finds valuable hey what's up business journals family thank you for joining me and for listening to the business journals podcast connect with me at davis mutabwa that's d-a-v-i-s-m-u-t-a-b-w-a connect with me on facebook on twitter on linkedin And you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.